I, I don't... What do you mean your room smells like milk? No, not milk. Just sm it, it smelled. Like okay. a, a few days ago, it was just... It was just... Something was off with the room. You, you found an old sock that you had relations with? Is that... What's going on? <laughs> um, so, I... It, it had been like like two or three days and I couldn't figure it out because my room was clean, right? My room was clean and I went over and above. You know, I even vacuumed. I did carpet cleaning because I'm trying to figure out what this was. I Febreze the shit out of it. I did. I did. Um, before I vacuumed, I put some, what is that stuff? Uh, baking soda down. I put urinal cakes in the corners of my room just because. I have, in the past, I have put... Uh, Oops, dryer sheets in corners of my room. Mm -hmm. That seems to make the room smell a little bit better. That was yeah. mostly a college thing. Do you know that apparently mice do not like dryer sheets? This is a, a, a legend that I was told years ago. Did you ever watch the TV show Legend with uh, Richard Dean Anderson? No, I've seen the movie Legend. Oh, with Tom Cruise and his mm -hmm. jacked up teeth? Correct. Yeah. Anyways, it, so I... Um, a few days before my room, re like well, like a week before my room really started to smell, I had gone and gotten grocery store sushi. Oh boy! <laughs> and I don't know if you saw me tweeting about the grocery store sushi, oh, but I, it was I like remember, yes, it was the grossest grocery store. Like normally, you just go, like I go there, and what I'll get is I'll get a California roll, which is fake crab and avocado. I just have to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but grocery store and sushi are just things that should never coexist at the same time. It's well, like Whole, Fo Whole Foods has got like a gourmet sushi bar in there. Yeah, but I'm not going to roll up to a 7-Eleven. It's like, what's your seafood options here? Like, totally want to <laughs> get some of this. I went to Albertsons and I got the same name brand that I've gotten before and it was fine. All right. But it was so dry and gross. I also bought some coleslaw that I was basically dipping my sushi in the coleslaw so you were just desperately trying to get salmonella is what you're saying <laughs> so anyways I uh, I got a California roll but I also got a spicy tuna roll this time okay and I gave up halfway through both rolls and just put them under my uh, like my, my nightstand has a little shelf it uh -huh. has the top layer and then it has a shelf then it has a cabinet underneath it so I put it on that that shelf right sure and just didn't think about it for a week and a half oh, until I God. found it when I was like, my room is just this horrible smell. What is this? And did it also, was it also covered like with ants? <laughs> no, it was actually completely preserved. Oh, that's even the worst. That's like leaving out your McDonald's meal and finding out that it doesn't decompose. Yeah, it, it, it was looked exactly the same. I think I, uh, it was as hard as it was the first day I bought it. So, so. Here's, here's the uh, million-dollar question in here, Grant. Did you eat it? That brings me to another interesting story. Okay, good. I was standing in my friend's house, and he had a couch surfer uh, named Sebastian. He, he, was, he used to go to our college, and then he was in Vancouver going to Studio 58. Uh-huh. And then he, he came back. By the way, spent... because it's, it's Studio 58 in Canada, because Studio 53 with the exchange rate, it's just it's a little bit more. Studio 54 with the exchange rate is a little more. That's what I meant to say, yes. That, that, that's what I've been the funny part of the joke, had I said it right. Um, so I was, I was standing in, it was like 5 o'clock uh, in the evening, and we're, a, you know, it's, it's going to be a long night of, of partying and all this stuff, as we did in college. And my, I said I was, man, I'm starving. And my friend Sebastian reaches into his pocket and pulls out a mcdonald's cheeseburger <laughs> and i'm like how long has this been in your pocket he's like i don't know hands it to me and i just ate it oh grant you can't <laughs> do that oh, i was a much younger man then my stomach was a lot more iron but now i wonder why i have stomach problems all my life yeah exactly that that hamburger is still inside of you never left well, like in high in high school one time my friend um I think it was David Blanchard uh, and I were standing near a garbage can, and uh, we both looked down, and we 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 would be like a one-upmanship with eating stuff that was gross. 
and we both look into the garbage can and see a hot dog bun covered in nacho cheese. And we both reach for it as quickly as possible, and I beat him out, and I eat the hot dog bun covered in cheese. Okay, well, I'm just got, I'm just grossed out completely at this point. So, welcome everyone. Thank you for downloading and listening to whatever this is. This is the podcast where two guys sit down and try and discover, well, whatever this is. My name is Kyle, and I'm talking with Grant. Please stop. No, don't, Tingly. Well, it was uh, <clears throat> David used to pull off the gum from underneath tables and start chewing it. No, he didn't. Gross. <laughs> he did. This this one time we walked into a movie theater and what are those things called? Those little like domed candies, like gummy candies. Oh, like like uh, wine gum or no, um, jujubes or something like that? Yeah, jujubes. So a jujube was stuck to the back wall of the movie theater and we were sitting in the last row and he just walks up and grabs it off the wall and pops it in his mouth. Okay. Uh, this week, we're talking everything 90, to do... 90 minutes. 90 minutes of, of gross stories about me and my and my friend David yeah. eating gross things. L- welcome to our Jackass cast. It's a place where we just do random uh, challenges and we just do gross things to each other. No, today we're talking all about the 90th annual Academy Awards. Their nominations just came out here a few days ago. And we're going to go through every category, offer some uh, thoughts, who we think might win... And just have a conversation about that. I'm going to be completely upfront. My goal over the next week or two is to actually go through all the films that are nominated. Uh, but I have definitely not seen everything here as well. Plus, here's a little tidbit, uh, a little thing, a little foreshadowing to make you listen to the end of the episode. One of us lost a bet and we are going to reveal what the loser has to do. Um, so you, can, you, can t- you can tell by his... <laughs> giddiness in his voice that it's not him that is correct i am so so very happy of this day because i am usually the one who who loses all of these things uh grant we're gonna jump right into it here well we're... no i when, when we made this bet i'm not going to talk about what the bet was i seriously thought we both were going to lose i did too I, but... I thought that was a good that was a good chance that we both would lose but nope just me but i think i think before we even jump into this i there, there are a few things that needs to be mm-hmm. said up front for for good reason People sometimes laugh at the Academy Awards. I get it. It's just an award show. Who really cares? And I'm kind of right there with you for the most part. I just happen to love the pageantry. I love the the horse races that, that happen within this and this discussion of films. And I just love, it's like, I always say this each year, but it's like my Super Bowl. The Oscars are the things I just love watching and talking about and, and consuming. Uh, part of that also has to do with the fact that for many years, especially if you go into the 90s and early 2000s, People felt a little bit at odds with the movies that are being recognized, being nominated. Um, and, and, and I mean, there was the Oscars So White movement that happened here a few years ago. There has been a lot of changes in the Academy. For, for many years, like in the 90s and in the early 2000s, it really was an old white boys club. It was kind of hard to get into the Academy. Uh, and it was really an aging population. So what they were recognizing and who they were honoring yeah, it was kind of at odds with the general population. But what needs to be pointed out, and I think this is somewhat representative here inside of the nominations that we're going to go through, but they really opened up the memberships over the last year. I wish I had the number right on hand, but it was something like 900 people have been added to the Academy over the last 12 months. And these are people that are just starting to look like Donald Glover and... Um, uh, people like that i can't think of other names that are kind of like donald glover <clears throat> yeah uh, i'm just gonna name the one minority that i know that's exactly right uh but they've also let in more women more uh people from the lgbtq community like they've just opened it up and uh been a little bit more inclusive uh younger uh as well so we'll go through this and i think you're going to discover that this is a different academy and that's why i think it's really hard to predict exactly who is going to win in some of these categories because if this was three years ago i'd be like yep bang 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 Mm -hmm. and i see people on twitter and other places are like oh it's so obvious who's going to win and i'm just like i don't know if that's 100 percent true to be honest i don't know how how do you feel about that grant but it was like there was one time that i was positive that uh i was positive birdman would win sure that was the only time i was ever positive about something even though I think that was a little bit of a risk at the time, but I ended up being right. You were right. And I think that's the only ever, ever really only ever, uh, time that I've been so positive about something. 
But I was so I love that movie so much. I was just so passionate about it. But obvi- obviously, my emotions got involved. Huge Michael Keaton fan, mm-hmm. you know. So I was blinded by it's like <clears throat> with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I'm gonna be a little bit blinded because of Martin McDonough. Sure, and also because you're a racist. Oh yeah. There's a lot of pushback on that movie, as we've talked about here in the past. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've delved into a lot more of the commentary on that, and I still – I just think that I, I just don't – I don't have the perspective to see it, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I, what I need to have is a real good conversation with somebody instead of just reading these commentaries. I, I agree, and it's, it's, I think you and I are aligned with this. It's like I'm listening, and like, I, I'm totally not saying that you're wrong in the way that you're responding to this movie, but it's one of those things I think there is just a giant blind spot for me because I just don't see it. I just don't see the things that they're, they're mentioning. Uh, we don't have to get down that road again. I'm also going to apologize because the Oscars website is bunk. So I might take a while to say the names of the nominees because you actually have to go to a second page. They don't just appear all nicely beside everything. Okay. What? Well, it cuts off half the people's names. So I have to click on more info and then it shows me the full name of people. Doesn't matter. Wait, hang on. Let's see. Let's see here. The uh, try the printable list. Mm. Okay. We're doing this live here, folks. Top right corner of the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click on printable list. Loading. Uh, it doesn't give names. It just gives movies. Okay. So we're not going to do that either. Okay. So we're going to start off, Grant, by talking about best adapted screenplay. Sorry, best original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the nominees for best original screenplay are The Big Sick by Emily V. Gordon and Kumail Nanjiani. Get That's out. an immigrant and a woman. <laughs> it is. Get Out, written by Jordan Peele. That's a black man. Lady Bird, written by Greta Gerwig. She's got boobs and a uterus. The Shape of Water, screenplay by Guillermo del Toro. And some of them are nice people. That's, that's right. I thought you were going to say that he had a vagina too, but alas. Um, my, sorry. This is Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. By, by Martin, Martin McDonough. McDonough. Yeah, I was the also dirty Irishman. Stupid web browser. Okay, those are them. I just wanted to mention uh, that it's screenplay by Guillermo del Toro, but Vanessa and Vanessa Taylor story by Guillermo del Toro. That's the full one for The Shape of Water. So Grant, going into this, who do you think is the front runner in this category? Well, you know they like to give <clears throat> the screenplay awards tend to go to the the outlier that probably deserves more nominations but doesn't get them sure yeah and so what you're looking at is probably not the shape of water probably not three billboards outside ebbing missouri even though i think it was one of the best scripts mm-hmm. so you're you're narrowing it down to the big sick get out and ladybird which would probably be the only awards uh well aside from acting for ladybird so yeah, I what do, well, I don't know. I, if I had to put money down, and I'm I uh, I don't have any money on me, uh, but I, I'm gonna say get out. Okay, so I'm I'm aligned with you for for most of that. I think that the writing awards are often not always, but often where the award movies that they're not gonna give it to any of the bigger awards to. Mm-hmm. I hate saying that because writing is a very integral part to the movie making process. I am gonna I'm, I'm gonna. Plant my flag here, Grant. I think this is where the big stick is going to win. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the only uh, award nomination it got for this movie, but I think it has a decent shot of picking up the writing award. Uh, I think it's yes, it's between that or Get Out. Those are my two front runners for this category. Well, hang, hang on, hang on, because we're so we so plan this perfectly every single year as if we're surprised by the Academy Awards every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Are you, are you writing things down? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the Big Sick has a, has a decent shot, but I would not be surprised if Get Out won as well. I think that those are uh, where that's going to go. Uh, by the way, Grant, can you hit harder on those keys? <laughs> you know, my brother always says that I type like I'm angry at the keyboard. <laughs> you do. It's like he, they personally wronged you. It's like they left the sushi in your room. 
I what I I I have a, a desktop computer at the house now, so I'm gonna that's gonna get set up, and I think we're gonna have a lot more less noise on my end sure, in the future. Sure. Uh, okay, well, then let's move on to the writing best adapted screenplay. This is where Call Me By Your Name, screenplay by James Ivory. There's The Disaster Artist, screenplay by Scott Newsetter and Michael H. Weber. We have uh, Logan, who is written by, oh. as my page loads up here again. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, I could help you with sorry. this, I guess. Logan by Scott Frank and... Uh, James Mangold and Michael Green. So all three writers are nominated for that screenplay. Molly's Game by Aaron Sorkin. Of course. And then the final one is boop, 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 Mudbound, Mudbound by Virgil Williams and... Virgil D Williams, that's a good name. Yeah, Virgil Williams and D. Reese. So who do you think has the best shot here? Well, is this the only um, nomination for the Disaster Artist? Um, I'd have to double check. I think it might be nominated for one other category, but yeah, none of the major categories is it nominated in. Well, you shouldn't try and pick up underage girls on Instagram. I guess that's the the lesson here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little crazy here, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Okay. Uh, just say it, Grant. Not because I I want it to win. I'm gonna go with Logan. Yeah, again, Grant, I'm not, I'm not, uh, don't think that's such a crazy idea. I could see people were a little bit upset that Logan wasn't nominated in, in many of the other categories. Uh, well, when is, when is Patrick Stewart going to get an Academy Award nomination for something? No, well, there was actually a really interesting statistic. Uh, of all, all of Christopher Plummer's uh, Academy Award nominations have happened when he was in his 80s. Did you know that? Isn't that weird statistic? I know that now. You know that now. But he's still I, in his 80s right now? He's still in his 80s right now, but all three of his nominations have happened in the last 10 years. And his what the one that he won happened in the last 10 years as well. Did, did he get did he get a Lifetime Achievement Award before? He did not. Not that I know oh, okay. of, at least. But I, I agree with you. I wonder when it's going to get time where they, they nominate Patrick Stewart for something. Um, my guess, just because I don't think it's going to win or may not win in any other category. Well... See, I keep hedging my bets. Every time I say something declarative, I'm like, well, maybe, uh, I don't know. I think it's going to go to uh, Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Okay, see, I'm. if I had a pick, I was torn between Call Me By Your Name and Logan, but I went with Logan because, again, my emotions get involved. Right. And I'm pretty certain Molly's Game isn't going to win. No, I think Molly's Game for sure is not. I'm pretty <clears throat> decently sure that the Disaster Artist is not. Mudbound is the wild card for me where I could see it picking up a screenplay award uh, simply because it's not going to win in any other, of its other categories for sure. But it's um, Molly's Game, I did really like the script. The movie I was kind of yeah, I mean, law on. Aaron Sorkin and knows how Kevin to write. Cost Kevin Costner turned in a good performance. Are we seeing a Costner sense? Okay, that's two, weeks, that's two weeks in a row you've used that, Grant. You can't keep doing this. You can't just assance well, things just because you like the word. Well, I've, I, I, didn't I say vonessance like a month ago? You say assance. You, you basically use this every single episode. It's like, man, I really love that sushi. I think it's a sushi assance out there. <laughs> well, did, have you gotten a chance to see uh, Brawl on Cell Block 99 yet? Not at all. It's, it's uh, nightmare-inducing stuff. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen Bone Tomahawk? Not at all. Okay, well, if you see if you know you got that Bone Tomahawk's way better than Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine, but they're by the same guy. Mm -hmm. So, it's just it's like um, it's you know like the main character from Clockwork Orange. Sure. If he directed a movie, <laughs> that's well, what this. Well, movie. you sold me there. Um, have you seen Call Me by Your Name? Not yet. I just saw it two nights ago, and it's a movie that I deeply love. The more I think about it, so. Um, anyways, I'm a big big fan of, of that film. Uh, super gay though, so if you don't like gay stuff, you're not gonna like that movie. Take your dad to it. Let me know how he how he likes it. I I wish that I uh, it's already come and gone at my local theater, but I wish I would have gone to see it here because as you know, I live in a very conservative area. Oh sure. And I can I you know I'm my one of my favorite stories I like to tell people is when I saw Paranorman, 
and the Casey Affleck voice character came out as gay at the end, I could hear the grandparents that brought their grandchildren, basically their hearts breaking, right. and they wanted to perform an exorcism on the movie. How dare they? I need my money back. How dare you? And I just loved it. You're, I loved you're gay agenda on my kids. Yeah, I know. Okay, uh, well, that takes us now to best visual effects. That is, the five movies that are nominated are Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong Skull Island, Star nope. Wars The Last Jedi, and nope. War for the Planet of the Apes. I think there's a, it's a two-horse race here, I think. Between which two movies? Blade Runner and Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I totally agree with you at this point. I hazard to guess that this is where Planet of the Apes is going to win. I would and be, I mean, just the, just the fact that they can still make me believe that there's a real apes running around and that I never see past the illusion when I'm watching it. Um, and I know the last movie in this series won for best visual effects. Uh, but Blade Runner is gorgeous too. I think they have some very fine, uh, fine work in there. I just think it's going to win in another category that we're going to talk about here in a moment. You mean Roger Deakins? Is that what you mean? Uh, unfortunately, no. I don't think it's going to win that one either. What? I think he's going to go seventeen and zero. Uh, Roger Deakins is the is the uh, most cockblock cinematographer in the history of ever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it sounds like we're pretty much aligned on that. I'm going to say uh, War for Planet of the Apes is going to pick that. And I'm up. going with Apes as well. I just know it's not going to be Kong Skull Island or Star Wars. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy would surprise me, but I wouldn't be ruined because there's a lot of that. The stuff with Ego, the living planet, mm -hmm. you know, that was some good stuff. But, I mean, if you're looking at an overwhelming amount of visual effects in one movie, you got to look directly at Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And when are they going to give – remember they we, – we talk about this all the time. Remember when they would give out beautiful special Oscars? Yeah, they should do that more. And I'm, I was – part of me was wondering if they were going to do the thing that people think they should do, which is – give Andy Serkis a uh, a nomination in the actual acting category. He was presenting the awards here the other morning, so I was like, that would have been a cool moment. And he, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. Did you out, but, did you watch any of the announcement? No, man. I was so sick. It was a bit of a train wreck, honestly. <laughs> um, they kept mispronouncing everyone's name. Anyways, maybe that happens every year. I don't know. Okay. Well, so there's a guy named Timothy Cal Calaverde. How are you supposed yeah. to pronounce that? I mean, and then they, they ignored the simple names like Army Hammer. Come on. Come on. Uh, we're going to talk about sound mixing and sound editing together because, weirdly enough, this has not happened for quite a few years where it's doubled. Every movie is nominated in, the same, in those same two categories. So the five movies in sound editing and sound mixing are Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Mm. I think that this could go one of two ways. If I was voting, I would give both sound mixing and sound editing to Baby Driver. Uh, I think that that kind of lives and breathes within its sound design specifically. Although okay, well, it would not well, surprise me if Dunkirk picked this up either. You're giving him. You're so you're giving him both to one movie both ways. <laughs> that's correct. That's that's my normal mo, Grant. Both ways. Both ways on both mm. things. Okay, so you got to pick one though. I, uh, sound mixing for me is Baby Driver. Uh, for one particular reason, I'm picking Baby Driver. First of all, deserving. Yeah. So just to again. I, and I, second of all, I finally understand the difference between sound mixing well, and sound about, editing. I about it took to say, me ninety years. Sound mixing is a basically like sound effects, and sound editing is like all the sound together. Is that correct? Well, basically in a way, and and uh, but the. Um, so I'm just gonna say uh, Baby Driver for sound mixing, mm -hmm. uh, and that was because Edgar Wright, in his second draft of the screenplay, said this movie better be nominated for best sound mixing. <laughs> right. And that right. was in two, that was like 2004 when he wrote that second draft. So. Sure. So yeah, I'm picking Baby Driver for both categories. Are you are you going to go with a different option for sound editing? Dunkirk. Okay. And why do you pick a different one for the sound editing? Uh, just because I feel like I'm hedging my bet. Okay, you're gonna go watch it be the exact opposite of that. I would. But have... I mean, I if if I if you ask me right now, what Academy Award, it, like did, um, Saving Private Ryan win? Sound editing. Let's see here. 
just hammer on those keys. You're so angry. I'm typing so lightly. Uh, Private wins sound, 1999 Oscars. Really? Yeah. So you're saying that when Dunkirk wins this, it is going to win Best Picture. It also has, it got, oh, Janusz Kaminski got uh, Best Cinematography. Oh, nice. I don't know if that was for the Oscars or not, but it's an award. But Janus is great, great cinematographer. So now we're going to go into some awards that we probably have no business talking about. But I still want to give them their just due, and we're going to make a random choice, probably. Uh, so this will be uh, Best On-Screen Abortion? Oh, come on. Come on. Uh, <laughs> no. Besides which, I think that would have to go to uh, that film where they cut out uh, the guy who molested people back in the day. Oh my gosh, Grant, when I can't remember someone's name, it makes me so, so very angry. Who okay, is, well, let's... Who was in the House of Cards? Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. What was the movie he was in that they replaced him with Christopher Plummer? All the Money in the World. Thank you. They should give it to All the Money in the World because that was a late, a late stage abortion that they did on that movie. I can't believe... I had no idea what you were talking about. Jeez oh, Louise. Man. I'm getting older, which means that literally I can only remember three people's names at any one time, and it just will not enter my brain any other way. No, we're talking about the short film categories, Grant. So, short film, live action. Yeah, the nominees are DeKalb Elementary, The Eleven O'Clock, My Nephew Emmett, The Silent Child, That's and the then winner. All of Us. Why the, why the Silent Child? It's the title of a winner right there. Oh, I see. I was going to pick that only because I like the poster the most. So are you sticking with it? Yeah, I'm going to pick The Silent Child. I mean, I, the, the recurring joke here is that you always pick the one that is either about like World War II or the Holocaust. Well, I was, I was almost going with the DeKalb Elementary because didn't having uh, school or documentaries about schools one? Yeah. Well, it's not a documentary, but whatever. Uh, All right. Short film animated, we have Deer Basketball, Garden Kobe Party. Kobe Bryant. Carby, Kobe Bryant, what? Yeah, yeah. Kobe Bryant is an Oscar-nominated person now. for Alleged Deer... rapist. Don't forget that. Dear Basketball, Garden Party, Lou, Negative Space, and then Revolting Rhymes. I'm going with Negative Space. I'm going to go with Revolting Rhymes. I think that they might go with the funny one. How do you know that's uh, funny? Just by the name and the poster, I'm going to guess it is. All right. It could be like... Revolting rhymes as they just repeatedly say fuck over and over and over again. Sure. It's that, like... that would be interesting. It's just like five minutes straight of them just cursing as much as they possibly can. They use people that voice uh, uh, members of the Sesame Street cast, so it's Elmo. Mm -hmm. Fuck! <laughs> F is for fuck. Um, brought to you by the number six and nine. So, production design. This, the nominees here are for Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, The no Shape Darkest of Water. Hour. No uh, Dunkirk. I'm pretty sure I, this is the one that Blade Runner is going to win. I, th I think, uh, I mean, if I had to narrow it down to anything, it would be Beauty and the Beast and Blade Runner. And then if you told me to put, to force me to make a pick, Blade Runner. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would feel kind of... Like, if it doesn't win in production design, it's being robbed. I could kind of see them giving it to The Shape of Water, because that is a very well-designed movie from a production standpoint. I just think Blade Runner is so much more gorgeous. I mean, that's, of course, completely subjective, but... Was was Suicide Squad released this year? No, two years ago. Oh, uh, it was? Yeah. So Blade Runner could win the most unnecessary Jared Leto Award this year. There you go. I mean, isn't that a category at the Razzies? Should be. It really should be. Okay. Uh, music. Original song. This is, I think, tougher than what you might think uh, on first blush. So it is – the songs that are nominated are Mighty River from Mudbound, Mystery nope. of Love from Call Me By Your Name. That's Sufjan nope. Stevens. Remember Me from Coco. Maybe. Stand Up for Something from Marshall. I don't even know what Possibly. that is. And then I never heard of it. I'm this just is, with it. This is me from The Greatest Showman. Definitely not. I think this is a two-horse race again, Grant. 
I'm pretty sure that it's favoring Remember Me from Coco. I really like that song a whole lot. Uh, I would not be surprised if this is also where Call Me By Your Name wins an award. Oh, yeah, Sufjan. I just think this is this is my reasoning here, is that, yes, normally this either either goes to the animated feature because people are like, oh, I saw that movie. I'm going to nominate that award. But with the new uh, membership, like we mentioned here at the beginning, I could see them going more so as like, I want something hip and something that I'm listening to already, which is why I think Sufjan mm -hmm. has a pretty good shot. It's going to be that, honestly, or Mary J. Blige, who did the Mighty River song from Mudbound. I really think... Well, I went... I went with the safe bet and went with Coco. You went with Coco, which is, yes, is absolutely the safe bet. This is where I'm going to go a little bit against the grain. I'm going to say Mystery of Love, uh, Sufjan Stevens. Well, uh, what's his face? Robert uh, from Coco. Um, he's he's uh, nominated again, right? He, he was uh, from Avenue Q and... Yes. Uh, yeah, so he's he's all, the youngest and fastest EGOT achiever. I know. He's already got an EGOT. History. Get him out of here. He's already got it. It took it took him less than ten years. I know. It's crazy. How many people have EGOTs? It's like ten. Twelve. Twelve. And nobody really acknowledges it as a, a as a real solid accomplishment. So I mean, I think there should be a little, you know, like. You know, in, in uh, CIA headquarters, they put a star on the wall when somebody falls in the field. They don't put the name by it. Oh, I thought they, they were. Be... I just thought they were labeling the Jewish people. I guess that's my bad. <laughs> they should put a. They should put a little wall somewhere in Hollywood where every time somebody gets an egot, they put a little star up. Don't put yeah. a name. A little star. They'd be twelve it. right now. <clears throat> um, here's the next one is kind of I think one of the harder categories. Uh, just because I haven't seen all the films, so it's not really great for me to pick from. Uh, but music, original score, Dunkirk, that's Hans Zimmer, Phantom Thread, that's Johnny Greenwood, The Shape of Water, Alexander Desplat. And Alexander Payne always has really good uh, scores to his movies. Okay, Wait, that's not Alexander Payne. It is not, so I don't know why you brought that up. Uh, Who directed um, Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson, that's The Phantom Thread. Yeah. So Johnny, Either Johnny way, Greenwood. Alexander Payne and Paul Thomas Anderson all, always have good scores. So. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, that's John Williams, who is nope. now second uh, only to Walt Disney for the most amount of Academy Award nominations ever. Uh, and then three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, that's Carter Burwell. Um, here's the thing, Grant. I love Dunkirk. I could not tell you any song that was from that. I don't think the song was what was affecting me the most. Uh Star Wars is fine, I guess. It's not the greatest John Williams score. And then three I billboards. I don't even understand why it's nominated, to be honest. Because it's John Williams. Uh, and then there's three billboards. And again, I could not even tell you with the music that was inside of that movie. Now, that have, normally is not movie, the case. I picked pick the movie that I haven't seen yet, based purely on his, the director's other movies. And so you're picking Phantom Thread? I'm picking The Shape of Water. Oh, that's what I was going to do, too. <laughs> I'm going to pick... Uh, I don't know if Alexander Desplat has actually won yet. Uh, he does a lot of the um, Wes Anderson movies, uh, Alexander <clears throat> Desplat. So I, I, I'm not sure if he's won before, but I'm, I'm going to pick Shape of Water out of those nominations. Uh, okay, makeup and hairstyling. We have Darkest Hour, Victoria and Abdul, and then Wonder. Three nominations in the makeup and hairstyling category. Um, as is sometimes said, the oftentimes at the Academy Awards, it's not necessarily the best, but the most that's honored. And I'm going to say that the most makeup and hairstyling is probably the Victoria and Abdul picture here, just because it's in Victoria, London. All right. I went with uh, The Darkest Hour. All right. Just because of the transformation that Gary Oldman went through. Oh, right. I bet you're so totally right. Yeah. That's a good call on that one. <laughs> you know, Victoria and Abdul is a sequel, right? I did not. Yeah, it's a sequel to, uh, uh, you know, Dame Judi Dench played the queen 20 years ago in Mrs. Brown, right? Sure. Remember that movie? Yeah. And this is the same continuity. What? Really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> I guess there's a new, there's like a extended Victoria and Abdul universe out there. I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, 
Um, did, oh, and also, speaking of, uh, we haven't gotten to her category yet, but did you hear the, the Meryl Streep news today? No, what's that? She joined Big Little Liars. Big Little Lies. No way. That is <laughs> Isn't that crazy? bonkers. So that show like, is already considered like one of the best shows of the last five years because of, of the women that are inside of it. The fact that she's joining it now is like mega crazy. I, I when I when I was uh, it's one of the few times where I, I you know I typed in variety on my phone and I got there and I reloaded the page because I thought there was a problem. Okay. I'm like, there's no way she's doing this, but apparently she wants an Emmy. She wants so, to get that EGOT. Then she can like do her like spoken word album and get win that at the Grammys. Ridiculous. Um, my my thing that I thought I had to refresh for is that apparently there's talks to do a sequel to Call Me by Your Name, which is very odd if you've seen that movie about where they would go with that story. But, is it is it is it going to be called Say My Name, Bitch? Yes, it's exactly what it's going to be called. Perfect. Um, okay, foreign language film. We have. Have, a, you, have you seen any of them? Not a single one. And in fact, I've only heard of one of them. I've heard of one of them, The Insult. Okay, the one that I've heard is not that one. So the five nominations are A Fantastic Woman from Chile, The Insult, which is from Lebanon. I like, I like Chilean movies. They, they've done a really good job the past 10, 15 years of bringing really good stuff like I think they've been stuff. nominated I think they've been nominated a few times in foreign language yeah I mean it's 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 mm-hmm. rocking up there um, loveless which is from Russia on body and soul which is from Hungary and then the square which is from Sweden and that's the one the only one that I've actually heard about okay I'm gonna do I go with the one I've seen I mean I've heard of or do I go with the Chilean factor the Chilean factor. You know that ringer Chile. I'm going to go with uh, Fantastic Woman. I'm, I don't know anything about it. Well, I'll, I'll do the same thing here, Grant. It's the only one I've heard of, so I'll take the square from Sweden. This could all change, yeah. by the way, after I actually watch the movies, but we'll see. <clears throat> well, you, um, if you want to change any of your votes, you have to let me know before... Oh no, we'll we'll keep us this this kind of contest going between us based on what we say right now. Yeah, and we're gonna have to make our bet near at the end when we resolve the other bet. Exactly. Um, film editing. We have Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I Tanya, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebby, Missouri. You know what movie I really enjoyed? What's that? I Tanya. Yeah, you were saying that you, you thought it was it was really decent. I mean, I wouldn't. I I don't want to give it any awards. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I didn't love it, Kyle. All right. The way they did it, because um, it's like kind of like a documentary, but with the actors. Mm-hmm. So there's interviews with the people in character during the movie. Which is weird. And and I just I and um, Margot Robbie, holy crap. Yeah. And she's doing some Sebast- great work. <clears throat> Sebastian Stan. I think he gets uh, not enough credit for how good he is in a lot of movies. Um, he's kind of a flying under the radar guy, mm-hmm. and of course, Alice and Janney. Yeah, well, Mike, Alice and Janney is always Mike... great. I will say this. I mean, and this has nothing to do with the. F- well, it has partly to do with the film, but definitely the way that they've been promoting this. It seems like they really want to have like rehabilitate Tanya Harding weirdly and i don't know i have kind of reservations on that a bit of being well, like, the, the, the movie does side on the fact that she was unaware of the attack right and i don't know if i 100 percent believe that that's actually true well i mean they wanted to do a death the story is in the in the movie they wanted to call it a death threat true i, I guess having been having lived through that and and seeing how I don't know. Tanya Harding presents herself. It's it's almost yeah. like what they're trying to say is like she's been wrong for so many years. Let's get her up here on stage at the Golden Globes. It's time to like celebrate this woman. I'm like, um, I mean, I'm all for like seeing alternate takes on a news story. I just don't know if I can go uh, full force into being like, yeah, Tanya Harding is awesome. Nancy Kerrigan, she deserved it. Well, it's it's like bringing. I mean, when they brought Sean Spicer up, right. Like this is a wrong choice, right? And because Tanya Harding was, what that's twenty, 
24 years ago. I remember it. I lived through it. I remember it, too. It's one of the first major news stories. Uh, Well, Challenger, I remember the Challenger, I think. Do you really? I remember this, and then it was like right at, I forget in what order it was. OJ. It was was this, OJ, and then the Menendez brothers. Yeah. All were kind of Um, all at the same time. But it's it's tough when you when that such a big story like Challenger happens because then you implant false memories in your timeline. Because I think Challenger was eighty six, so I would have been like two. Right. <clears throat> but because you've you know just like nine eleven, you've seen the, that footage hundreds of times that you might just falsely think that that you were there. I saw. So yeah, I, though I was I didn't go to school that day. I stayed home and watched everything for the nine eleven. Mm-hmm. The Tanya Harding thing I didn't give a fuck about. You weren't up on like figure skating at the time no i've never like, been well i was living in canada so that was like the biggest thing going on at the time in canada when i was when i was a kid i could care less about winter olympics now i love oh. hockey curling so, so sorry grant you could care less so there I was there was an ability to care, care less. less oh there we go. i think i said i couldn't jerk <laughs> i think i think the transmission al gore stepped in front of it and, and lopped that off oh so, who are you picking? We've been talking about this for a few minutes. Who are you actually picking? Is I, Tanya, your film editing pick? Uh, Baby Driver. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I can see Dunkirk picking this up, but I'll pick Baby Driver, too. I like it. I think every year, we only deviate from each other on, like, three categories. The, uh, the short subjects, because it's like, eh, it's just a random pick anyways. Um, documentary short subject. We have Edith and Eddie, Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405, Heroin, Knife skills, traffic stop. I'm gonna pick heroin just because I like the name. I was gonna, I'm gonna pick uh, knife skills. I wonder what that's about. Well, it's obviously about cooking. <laughs> right. Um, docu- I, just, I, I when I when when you read knife skills, I thought it would be a violent thing, but then when I flipped back over to the page, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have picked knife skills. Right. Uh, documentary feature. We have. Abacus, Small Enough to Jail, Faces Places, Icarus, Last Men in Aleppo, and Strong Island. I'm going Last Men in Aleppo. Yeah, I'm going with Last Men. Okay. Know, that's, I think that's uh, going by the equation of stuff. Uh, mathematically, that is a lock to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, Grant, now we get into, I think, one of the toughest categories, in my opinion. So we have Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, not going to happen, and Guillermo There's... del Toro for The Shape of Water. I can tell you one person that's not going to win. Well, I don't and know. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson. here's the thing, Grant. I could see this being a huge upset only because... The Oscars are the only award show that has been really loving Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread was not nominated at the Golden Globes. It was not nominated at the BAFTAs. It was not nominated for the Screen Actors Guild. It was not nominated for anything. And yet the Oscars gave it all of these award nominations. How many Best Directing uh, nominations does Christopher Nolan have? Uh, Oh, man, that's a good question. Is this his first? This is his first. I was going to say, because I don't think he was nominated for any of his other stuff. That's crazy. Uh, see, that this is this is where the hard part comes, Grant. Because I could see this. I agree with you. I don't think Paul Thomas Anderson is going to win. It could be the big upset. However, but ev- every one of these could basically you can call it an upset almost. Every one of them. Yeah, this is why I think this is like the hardest category for me because now normally, normally, if we're looking at the entire history of the Oscars, it's very rare for best picture and best director not to match up that being said it has not matched up like four times out of the last six years so well, i'm not gonna i'm not picking guillermo del toro to win directing so or maybe uh, i am am i oh this is hard because and shape of the Wa- shape of the, oh gosh the shape of water has the most nominations out of any of the movies this year it has 13 nominations so it's definitely the one that has the biggest love affair with it I could see them giving it to Guillermo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lop off Christopher Nolan. I don't think he's gonna get it either. Just happened know. too long ago. Just too long ago. The what? movie came out too the long mo- ago. <laughs> Dunkirk, the event happened way too long ago. It's not gonna happen. Um, this is. I'm gonna plant my flag here, Grant. I'm gonna so regret this. 
I am going to plant my flag that Jordan Peele is going to win. For oh, I was going to say that too. Fine. I'm going to say that'd be the first black man to win. First black person to win best director. If I remember correctly, um, Greta Gerwig would be the second woman, woman to win best director. And only the fifth person ever to be nominated for best director as a woman. Yeah. Same with, uh, 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 I think uh, Jordan's the fifth uh, black man to be nominated. Right. This is hard. This is very hard. It is hard. Like I don't know which way to go with this because I could honestly at this point, except if it's Paul Thomas Anderson, I'm not going to be super <laughs> surprised if any of those other four names are called out. Yeah, I, I was going to go with Jordan Peele before you said anything, so I'm just going to parrot you. Okay. Again. Costume design. We have Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour. Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Victoria, and Abdul. Well, there's two leading contenders for me. I'm going to go with Victoria. I'm going to go Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that was my second. Beauty and the Beast. This, uh, you know, Dr. Pimple Popper? I've heard of him. Her. Um, apparently, her kids, I don't know if it's her kids, but... I think it's her kids uh, because they know what she does. She pops pimples on the internet and cysts and gross things. Sure. Whenever uh, – or it's people that comment on her videos because of the gross gray stuff that comes out of the the cyst. Why are you obsessed with grossing me out this week? I don't get it. <laughs> well, so the people comment on the on the video, try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Ugh, stop it. <laughs> Why did you even bring that up? What has anything to do with what we're talking about? Beauty and the Beast. That's from oh. Be Our Guest. Oh, right. Thank you. I would not have put that two and two together. Okay, cinematography grant. We have nomination number 16 or 17 for Roger Deakins for Blade Runner. We also have uh, Bruno Nell for Darkest Hour. Hoyt Van Hoyetema for Dunkirk. I'm butchering that name. Rachel Morrison for Mudbound, which first woman ever nominated in the best cinematography category. Uh and then down, uh, sorry, Dan Lubson for The Shape of Water. And well, you I, know who I'm picking. I know you're picking Roger Deakins. I'm saying he's losing again. I think it's going to go to The Shape of Water. I still have yet to see that. Do I want Roger Deakins to win for Blade Runner? A thousand percent yes. I just don't think they're going to do it. Did he, did he kill, like, somebody's nephew in a previous life? <laughs> he probably, like, said that he... Only like Jaws, okay, and ever since then Spielberg has had a hit out on them. Oh, this is uh, the next category is a little bit uh, difficult for me. Why? I haven't seen it yet, but Loving Vincent. Okay, well, let's just the u- uniqueness of that movie. Oh, it's not winning at all. Animated feature film, Boss is Baby. Is that bad? Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, or Loving Vincent. I'm just saying. There is no continuity. There is no timeline in which Coco does not win this award. Yeah, we, I already wrote down a, both of our answers as Coco. Hey, Loving Vincent might be a fantastic movie. I'll guarantee you that most of the Academy has not seen it. But it's just that it's a, it's a hand-painted animation movie with oils, mm-hmm. with oil paints. I mean, that's just fascinating. And sadly, I don't know much about the breadwinner. Win- that's what I mean. Coco... Absolutely, 100%. Um, but what, what we need to talk about here is the, the big snub in the animated feature film category is Boss Baby should be blown up into a fiery hell. I do not get how this is even nominated. And Lego Batman should be there. Yeah, everyone was saying the same thing. I, I Like, hey, this is the Academy voting, so I'm guessing what happened is that there's still that contingent of old people who was like, Hey, what movies came out last year? Oh, I've heard my son, daughter, grand person uh, talking about this movie. I guess I'll nominate it. The the greatest thing that to come out of uh, of uh, this is that we are getting a Boss Baby sequel because that's what we're all clamoring for. Everyone knows what's knows what to do. Do not go see that film. Do not support crap. Uh, actress in a supporting role. We have Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Allison Janney for I, Tanya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. And I think I just read here 
Octavia Spencer now becomes the first black woman to be nominated more than three times for an acting award. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. She's also well, she's one. A, she's a powerhouse. Yeah, she's great. I love Octavia Spencer. Um, well, this is a two-person race. Well, obviously. again, I have not seen most of the films in this. I loved Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird and really hope she wins. But I might have a different opinion after I see the other films. Who do you think? Alice and Janney. So that's, like, that's a bold choice. That's a bold, bold choice. Well, it's, I, it's, for me, it's either Alice and Janney or Laurie Metcalf. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are, those are all at, uh, and it's because I'm racist. I want to make that clear. <laughs> exactly. I need to make this very, very clear. Um, I'm, I'm but interested Alice to see Janney Mudbound. was just so was so good in I Tanya. Alice Janney's always been really good, and she's been nominated for an Oscar, I think, before, maybe once, never won. I know that. I don't know. I love Laurie Metcalf. Hope she wins. Uh, but I might have a different opinion after I see all these other films. I was about to say Mudbound because it's been nominated for so many other films or other categories. I'm kind of interested to checking it out because I literally do not know what that movie is about. It's on the Netflix. There you go. Uh, actor in a supporting role. Role. We have William Dafoe for The Florida Project. Woody I still Harrel- got to see that. I hear it's amazing. Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer for the abortion movie we were talking about before, All the Money in the World, and then Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Well, one of my favorite actors. There's like three of my favorite actors on this list. I know. There's some great, great stuff in here. Defoe, Jenkins, and Rockwell I just love. Of course, I love Christopher Plummer and Woody Harrelson. He's an interesting person. Um, I think he does some cool roles. I mean, the I think the weight behind him is, is Sam. However... I don't know. I, I'm going to pick my, 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 the choice that I want them to honor, and that's Richard Jenkins. I really want Richard Jenkins to win an award because I think he's such an underappreciated actor. And can you guess who I'm going with? You're probably going Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. He, he had a great SNL, by the way. That's what you keep saying. Uh, actress in a leading role, Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird, and Meryl hey, Streep. Right. I know, Meryl Streep for The Post. <laughs> this is her 21st nomination, by the way, which makes her the most uh, nominated actress ever. She still needs to win one more time so that she ties Katherine Hepburn for the most acting Oscars for a woman. What what if you went to you know you can't bet on the Oscars in Vegas, okay? Because somebody you can't bet on things where at least one person knows the answer. Oh really? Yeah, and so the people with uh, the accounting firm know the answer. Sure. Okay. Okay. So there's ways that you could like corrupt that. Sure. Yeah, but if you if you had to guess the odds of Meryl Streep winning two more Oscars, what do you think they are? Like 95%? Yeah, I would say at least high 80s for her to win at least twice more. Because what? How old is she? In her 60s, probably? doesn't matter. She's going to be immortal. She's going to be in at least 15 more years. And I I bet, yes. By the way, this is an interesting stat, too. This is I based a lot of these stats off the fact that there was this big Twitter thread that someone uh, concocted where there was like these 90 Oscar facts. Was it a phantom Twitter thread? No, I don't even know what that means. Well, the oh, because of the Phantom Thread. Oh, my gosh. I'm not picking up what you're putting down this week, Grant. I'm sorry. Um, it was not a Phantom Twitter thread. No, Grant. Funny joke, though. I hate you. Um, can you guess what year we have to go back to for a Meryl Streep role that was nominated where that movie was also nominated for Best Picture? Kramer versus Kramer. What year was that? 82? Well, you're close. 85. What so, movie was it? I don't remember what the movie it, It's not Kramer versus Kramer because that came out in the late 70s. Um, but yeah, that's the last time that Mill Street was nominated for a movie that was also nominated for Best Picture, which is kind of a, just a weird stat. Out of Africa. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And she won that, I'm pretty sure. Did she not? I don't know. Uh, yes, she won that. I'm pretty sure she did, yeah. She did. I'm reading it right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, Grant, that she won that. Guess we'll right. never know. Guess we'll never know. Uh, by the way, anyway, this category, I honestly think this is Francis McDormand's to lose. 
Yep, I have Francis McDormand I, down. I don't see anyone else. I maybe see Sally Hawkins doing like the upset victory, but I, Francis McDormand, I just do not see her not winning. All right, let's move on to okay. actor. Actor in a leading role is Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Not Dan gonna happen. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Now let's talk about the elephant in the room. What's that? Why is Denzel Washington nominated for Roman J. Israel Esquire? It's because it's a good movie? I don't know. I never saw it. I think it's like 2% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Is it really? I don't know. People yeah. liked it, I guess. I, I think this is just a crazy nomination for no apparent reason. Um, I see this going down again, as with a lot of these these categories here in the in the final ones we've been talking about. It's down to two people for me. I just don't well, know. I, got... I just don't know which way they're going to go. Well, I went with Gary Oldman. Oh, you went that way. Okay, I don't think he's going to win either. I mean, he could, <clears> I suppose. <throat> no, I, I honestly, Grant, I think it's going to go either to Daniel Kaluuya or Timothy Chalamet. You got to pick one. Uh, see, this is hard because my my hope is that they oh. give it to Timothy, just because I love that performance so very much. Um, okay, I'm gonna plant my flag, Grant. I think they're gonna give it to Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. Oh, I already wrote down Timothy Chalamet. I gotta erase it, Daniel Kaluuya. Okay, I'm gonna go back on my thing. I'm gonna say Timothy. Now I've been waiting my my odds. I'm gonna be so mad when they do it the other way. We'll go Timothy Chalamet for Call Me mm -hmm. by Your Name. Okay. How, how how great as an actor would you? How long would you boast about the fact that hey, I beat Daniel Day Lewis in an acting category? <clears throat> I'm better than Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> right. I would never say that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we get down to our final category here. Uh, best picture goes uh, the no uh, sorry eight nominees. One two three four five six seven. Sorry nine nominees are Call Me by Your Name, Darkest Hour. Dunkirk, Get nope. Out, Lady nope. Bird, Phantom nope. Thread, The nope. Post, Stop It, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Wait, so, um, so the best picture was nominated, so technically it's 2018 for the Meryl Streep thing you were talking about. What do you mean? Because her movie was nominated this year. That's what I said. That was the last time before this year. Oh, before this year. Was 1985. Well, I went with The Shape of Water. Oh, man, Grant. I don't know. See, this is where I get really weirded out because... Just put Call Me By Your Name down. No, you I don't... Know you want to. No, I don't think that's going to win at all. I don't think it has a shot or even a slight chance of winning. For me, this is a three-picture race. Let me try and guess it. Let me try and guess it. Yeah. Shape of Water. Yeah. Three Billboards. Yeah. Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> those are the three the three movies ah and the shape of water is absolutely the one that is leading in nominations but most nominations does not always mean that that's what most people want if if get out wins then jason bloom horror producer extraordinaire yeah. gets an academy award i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say get out wins best picture <clears throat> now because this is this is where we come to grant's comeuppance because we many years many months ago made a bet about who would get nominated for best picture at the academy Awards. this was like i think in january yeah and because uh get out came out and the big sick came out in january and i loved uh get out but i said there's no way it gets nominated for best picture and i said the and same you... thing about the big sick it's like love it no way it's getting nominated for best picture i was right grant you were so terribly wrong now remind me what uh what was your punishment if you if it actually was nominated? I my punishment is I have to watch the lowest rated Tyler Perry movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and did, do you do you happen to know what that what that movie is? Boo. You're Boo two. You are correct. It is actually the full title: Tyler Perry's Boo Two: A Medea Halloween. I can't believe I got that right. <laughs> <laughs> You need to and, watch and that you, and report to me next week. I need to know how bad this movie is. And you were going to watch Mordecai. I don't have to watch anything. Well, you were going to if you had. Oh, right. You, I had to watch Mordecai. Up. Yeah. I'm sure people were curious. I, yes. So, Tyler Perry's Boo 2! Exclamation point, 
A Medea Halloween. You need to watch that this week and let me know how bad it is. You know, the last time I watched, uh, I think I've talked about this a bunch of times. The last time I watched a Tyler Parody movie, it was like three in the morning in Panama, right? I was. Wait a second. You were in Panama for what reason? Um, you know, when. Or company... you just know what the time was in Panama. What's going on? Well, it was just because uh, back when the company was doing a lot better, we would get supplier trips. Like people we would buy equipment from would just pay for us to go on a trip. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, one of the trips was to Panama, mm-hmm. and when I was in the middle of the rainforest in a hotel, um, it was three in the morning. I couldn't sleep to save my life, and uh, Tyler Perry movie came on. I can't remember which one it was, but it was a Medea movie. It was horrible, and uh, I couldn't believe that I spent any amount of my time in such a beautiful country watching 90 minutes of that garbage, that hot garbage. But I did. So now we have to figure out, because you've written down who we've each picked as our... Um, uh, oh, someone's phoning you. We've, we've all picked our, our categories out here. One of us is going to win. One of us has to win. Um, I'm going to say if one of us loses, meaning like if we don't get the, uh, the most right in those categories, there has to be a punishment of some kind. Now, I have an idea for a punishment. But I, I don't know if you do. There are 14 categories that we picked different things on. So we right. actually did a lot this year. Yeah. So there's definitely going to be someone who is the victor, someone who is not the victor. Okay. Well, you um, you go first. I got to pull up my document of punishments I got lined up for you. Here's what I'm going to say you do. Now, I don't know if you've actually seen any of these movies, but you know about the Razzies. Yeah. So the Razzies are happened the day before the Oscars. They win the Golden Raspberry. But there is five Worst Picture nominees this year. Those five and nominees... they nominated Mother, which I think is a little bit of a... Well, not in the Worst Picture category, apparently. Oh, okay. The Worst Picture category is Baywatch, The Emoji Movie, Fifty okay. Shades Darker, The Mummy, and then, very funnily, Transformer 17, The Last Night, is what they have written out here. So I'm going to say whoever wins that category is what you have to watch if you lose. Well, I've seen three of those movies. Oh, well, that doesn't I saw help. Baywatch. I saw um, Transformers. What were the other movies? So we have Baywatch, Emoji Movie, Fifty Shades Darker, The Mummy, Transformers. And The Mummy. I saw three. So Fifty Shades Darker. Well, Emoji Movie and Fifty Shades Darker and Transformers are probably the front runners there. Right. So, sorry, which one have you not seen? Uh, Fifty Shades and Emoji Movie. Okay. Then you have to watch the Emoji Movie regardless then. That's what we'll do. You, If you lose, you have to watch the Emoji Movie. Now, if I lose, what do I have to do? You get to watch. You're going to love this. I bet I will. The Great Peanut Butter Project. (laughs) This made-up movie that doesn't exist. (laughs) That you claim is an actual movie. So if I win, Kyle watches The Great Peanut Butter Project. I've shown you the trailer. You don't think I went? You don't think I like made a trailer just to fuck with you, right? Oh, you you've gone deep. You've gone deep web with this, Grant. <laughs> uh, I, but I thought you liked that movie. Isn't that what you said? No, I don't remember it at all. I just remember that this person had like went bald, and they put this peanut butter concoction on their head, and their hair grew so fast that in class somebody had to be constantly cutting the person's hair. Right. And okay. if for some reason we can't find the Great Peanut Butter Project, I will um, just simply make you uh, watch uh, another Dolph Lundgren movie. Okay. The Punisher. Well, we'll go with the Peanut Butter Stocks at Midnight, whatever that movie. Well, yeah, but I'm just this is a backup if we can't find the Peanut Butter Butter Project. Sure. All right. Well, Grant, thank you for uh, joining me here, trying to discover who we think is going to win. What I would love is if anyone has their own ideas about who's going to win the categories, who has the best shots, who has no chance whatsoever. I'm sure when we look at back at this in hindsight in five weeks, we're going to be like, why did I say this? This is the stupidest idea. Uh, you can do that by sending us an email to whateverpod at gmail.com. You can also get in contact with us by going to facebook.com slash whateverpod or going to Twitter, twitter.com slash whateverpod. You can go to my personal Twitter, which is at the Kyle Marshall. That's Marshall with two L's. 
Oh, my personal Twitter is yes. twitter.com slash Fejimans, F-E-J-I-M-A-N-Z, or Zed, depending upon what country you're in. And, of course, um, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Tyler Forrest Hauser. Very remiss, as I'm always remiss. Any, All of the music that you heard in this week's episode is by Tyler Forrest Hauser. You can go to his website. You can see his link to that website in our description of this episode. Do you, do you clean up after yourself when you go to a movie theater? Yeah, yeah, I take all my stuff and put it into the refuse. Drives me crazy. Like, um, and I, I've, I've started doing this now, where if you know the person next to me or in my row just left all their shit there, I pick it up. Sure. I'm like, come on. I mean, don't if if you're uh, for some reason in physically incapable of doing it, sure, that's fine. But these people that have to clean up the, the theater, well, now my my, the theater where I go has like seven rows of seats now. So significantly fewer places to clean, but still, um, if you if you have a popcorn container, take it to the trash. If a cup, take it to the trash. And it's they're giving you hard. free popcorn at my theater right now because they're still under construction. Oh, nice. So you're getting free popcorn and you can't take it to the garbage can. That makes you a garbage person. It drives it. It absolutely drives me nuts. And so I've been picking up stuff, and it just like the other day because they have tables that you know like a in-flight tables kind of sort of thing that come over your lap at my theater now mm -hmm. and it's just those tables were just full of just massive amounts of garbage there is no way then based on what you have told me at the beginning of this episode that you just don't get a little bit of a snack on when you're taking that stuff to the garbage you have a little no, bit of a I, nibble I, of their popcorn i've grown out of this and i i try not to eat popcorn anymore because um very similar to peanuts um if i have you know one bit of popcorn or one handful of peanuts or, or um, sunflower seeds, then you'll find me like two weeks, three weeks later, naked in a gutter covered in like sunflower seeds or popcorn because I'll go on a week-long week popcorn binge. sunflower. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> Push out the week-old uh, sushi on your bed off of you and like just cans of Mountain Dew and everything around you. Diet Mountain Dew. Diet Did you Mountain. know that there's orange juice in Mountain Dew? From you on your Twitter. This is why people need to follow us on Twitter, because they discover these interesting revelations. Yeah, uh, Blake uh, enemy of the posted show. that – Enemy of the show, Blake, posted that uh, orange juice was like the second ingredient in Diet Mountain Dew. And I was like, there's no way that's true. And then I was at the store you know, just a couple hours later, and lo and behold, there it is, orange juice. And I drink I drink Diet Mountain Dew when I'm ever at Blake's house, or if I go to Taco Bell, I'll have Diet Mountain Dew. You know what, what's I, really odd about that, or the most surprising thing, is that orange juice isn't even the second ingredient in Sunny Delight. So, is orange juice even in Sunny Delight? Pretty not. Pretty sure not. It, I think it's just it's, like Windex and tears. So it's made by the Greeks. I sure yes. That's a very deep cut to uh, my big fat Greek wedding. Okay. Remember that her, her her grandparents thought that Windex cured everything. So if you were sick, they sprayed Windex on you. Grant, I assure you, I do not remember that. <laughs> I'm a big John Corbett fan for some reason. I just I, you know, I, I don't know. I just I get a that get explains a the tattoo, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the Sex in the City tattoo.